Australia. Well, he may have been in Australia, said Mrs. Stevens, judicially. I can't say for that, not knowing the country, but what I do say is he's never been here. Not what I've been here, and that's five years. Well, but Auntie, he hasn't been here for fifteen years. I heard Mr. Mark telling Mr. Cayley, fifteen years, he says. Mr. Cayley haven't asked him when his brother was last in England. Mr. Cayley knew of him, I heard him telling Mr. Beverly, but didn't know when he was last in England. See? So, that's why he asked Mr. Mark. I'm not saying anything about fifteen years, Audrey. I can only speak for what I know, and that's five years Whitsuntide. I can take my oath he's not set foot in the house since five years Whitsuntide. And if he's been in Australia, as you say, well, I dare say he's had his reasons. What reasons? said Audrey, lightly. Never mind what reasons. Being in the place of a mother to you since your poor mother died, I say this, Audrey. When a gentleman goes to Australia, he has his reasons, and when he stays in Australia fifteen years, as Mr. Mark says, and as I know for myself for five years, he has his reasons. And a respectably brought-up girl doesn't ask what reasons. "'Got into trouble, I suppose,' said Audrey carelessly. "'They were saying at breakfast he'd been a wild one. "'Debts. Oh, I'm glad Joe isn't like that. "'He's got fifteen pounds in the post office savings bank. "'Did I tell you?' "'But there was not to be any more talk of Joe Turner that afternoon. "'The ringing of a bell brought Audrey to her feet no longer. "'Audrey, but now Stevens.' She arranged her cap in front of the glass. There, that's the front door, she said. That's him. Show him into the office, said Mr. Mark. I suppose he doesn't want the other ladies and gentlemen to see him. But we're all out at their golf, anyhow. Wonder if he's going to stay. Perhaps he's brought back a lot of gold from Australia. I might hear something about Australia, because if... Anybody can get gold there, then I don't say, but what Joe and I could... No, no, get on, Audrey! Just go in, darling. She went out. To anyone who had just walked down the drive in the August sun, the open door of the Red House revealed a delightfully inviting hall, of which even the mere sight was cooling. It was a big, low-roofed, oak-beamed place, with cream-washed walls and diamond-paned windows, blue-curtained. On the right and left were doors leading into other living rooms, but on the side which faced you as you came in were windows again looking onto a small grass court. And, from open windows to open windows, such air as there was, played gently. The staircase went up in broad, low steps along the right-hand wall, and, turning to the left, led you along a gallery which ran across the width of the hall to your bedroom. That is, if you were going to stay the night. Mr. Robert Ablett's intentions in this matter were as yet unknown. As Audrey came across the hall, she gave a little start, as she saw Mr. Cayley, sitting unobtrusively in a seat beneath one of the front windows, reading. 
No reason why he shouldn't be there, certainly a much cooler place than the golf links on such a day. But somehow there was a deserted air about the house that afternoon, as if all the guests were outside, or perhaps the wisest place of all, up in their bedrooms, sleeping. Mr. Cayley, the master's cousin, was a surprise, and having given a little exclamation as she came suddenly upon him, she blushed and said, "'Oh, I beg your pardon, sir, I didn't see you at first. And he looked up from his book and smiled at her. An attractive smile it was on that big, ugly face. "'Such a gentleman, Mr. Cayley,' she thought to herself as she went on, and wondered what the master would do without him. If this brother, for instance, had to be bundled back to Australia, it was Mr. Cayley who would do most of the bundling.' So this is Mr. Robert.